Most people who buy an online business destroy that business within the first year. That's because they don't know what SEO strategy to actually implement, and most importantly, when. Hi, I'm Jared Krause. I'm the host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast, and today I'm speaking with Rad Paluziak, who is a web developer and software architect with 20 years experience. He's been a technical mastermind in the SEO industry since 2010. Rad helped Matt Diggity run his SEO agency, The Search Initiative, and Matthew Woodward with The Search Logistics. He recently just founded Husky Hamster, an outreach link building company, and his SEO agency, non-agency. Rad's specializations include international and technical SEO, machine learning and understanding, as well as looking at SEO from a business and management's perspective. Now, in this podcast episode, Rad and I talk about how Google uses entities to organize websites, their rankings, and value them in different ways. He breaks that down in a very detailed manner. We just talk about how to understand SEO the easy way, easiest way possible by focusing on just the main three elements for SEO that we mentioned in this episode. We also talk about what the helpful content update looks like and what helpful content actually is and what information you need to find out about your competitors to outrank them. We also talk about what is tech SEO and why you should focus on resolving a few key tech SEO fixes as a launch pad to growing the site that you just bought. We also talk about what you should and should not do after you've bought a site. Then go on to talk about my growing online businesses course that Rad did that people also do within the community after they've bought their online business and what he actually learned from it and so much more. We did talk about sites you're actually gonna go away and buy in this podcast episode. So if you're looking to buy a site, make sure you don't do this the hard way. Make it super simple by getting my framework at buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources. This framework has helped people save millions of dollars and make millions of dollars and takes the guesswork out of buying a business. So go away and check that out. There's also other resources that are on that page as well. Now, let's dive into the podcast episode. Do you have a website you might want to sell either now or in the future? We have a hungry list of cashed up and trained up buyers that want to buy your content website. If you have a site making over $300 per month and want to sell it, head to buyingonlinebusinesses.co forward slash sell your business or email us at info at buyingonlinebusinesses.com because we will likely have a buyer. Details are in the description. Brad, welcome back. Hello. Glad to be back. (laughs) I have gotten uh, some really good feedback from the links that you shared in the last podcast episode that I've shared with some people in our community, people, people are excited and are using them and excited for the path. And they've been asking me questions, wanting me to lay out a little bit more context as well. Uh, so it's really good. And I'm excited to Love dive it. into this one now today. I get just for the listeners, uh, Rad has access to, uh, our growing online businesses course. So we, in the buying online business community, we have, the Buying Online Businesses course, which is what a lot of people come for to learn how to buy a business. I also created a course many years ago and I've been adding to it as well on how to grow the business once you've purchased it. And Rad's gone through and has got some talking points based off that course and based off his SEO knowledge. And maybe you're either gonna debunk some of the things that I mentioned or 
hopefully with my fingers crossed, confirm and reaffirm some of the things that I mentioned uh, throughout that course as well. But I wanted to start off asking you about SEO, right? You have been doing SEO for a long time. People know that from our introductions that I've done for you. It's really easy for people to get confused with SEO because they will listen to multiple podcasts, YouTube videos, read posts, blog posts, um, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're going to put one out soon. We'll link to it in the show notes as well. We'll talk about that shortly, Rad. Read things and get confused and try a million different things and they get very, very technical. Talk to me about that. How, how can people ease their mind when it comes to SEO and how can we simplify it and understand, I guess, the 80-20, I guess? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I feel sorry for folks who are just trying out uh, with SEO and or buying their first website and they suddenly have to go through this absolute crush course of you know everything to do with digital marketing and SEO that's that's terrible um, I don't know if it was better when I was just starting out or worse for myself but all these materials that are available now they weren't there so there was a lot of trial and error and practical stuff that I had to just go through and figure out myself. And I think that mm. saved me on one hand from following some advice that might have not been the best for me at the time. On the other hand, that just helped me to gain that practical knowledge, experience and feel of um, digital marketing and SEO. But Something I would definitely say to someone who's just starting out or someone who's been playing around with digital marketing SEO for, let's say, up to a year, more or less experience, that even though we tend to overcomplicate things, in essence, SEO is just three main things, okay? And I know this is going to sound like something everyone is saying, but it really is just those three main things. It's content, links, and the technical stuff. And all of these three things have their upsides and downsides. So let's go through them uh, one by one. When it comes to the content, yeah. content is great because you have full control of your content. It's on your website, so you can access it, you can change it, you can go through it, you have full access to it. It's, it's, it's under your control, okay? However, the difficulty with that is, especially if you're if you have a, a content-heavy website, a, a big content website, you're probably talking maybe 200, 300 blog posts. Okay, so that is a lot of content to go through. Well, touch wood, you get. Uh, so, so is that? It's a lot of it's a lot of content to control and to update and maintain, right? Is yeah. That what you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And touch wood, your site is affected with something like helpful, helpful content update, which Google has been releasing um, like more and more recently. First of all, this update affects the entire site as a whole. We, we, we say it's affecting the site um, at the site-wide level. And secondly, Google said, I think just barely... Um, today, uh, when we're recording it at least, uh, Gary Ayer said something like, this update penalizes you 
But even though you may have fixed what what this update has penalized you for, this update or the algorithm is going to wait to give your site a trial period or like a grace period in case you're going to mess the same thing up again. Okay. And how they explained it is they look at the site. Okay. The site did something dodgy. Okay. Maybe it was a mistake, but maybe it wasn't. Okay. So what if they penalized it, the site fixed it, and then the site does it again. So it would be like, you know, all the time cat and mouse, um, you know, playing catch up or something, uh, Google with the webmaster and, you know, getting penalized, reverting, getting penalized, reverting. So what Google is doing, it will penalize you for a longer period of time, even after you fixed it. So this is pretty bad. And as we know, at least uh, most of the SEOs um, would agree with me and, uh, and, and are suspecting that this update is mainly focusing on your content. So obviously you're not only talking about a lot of stuff to go through on your own website, but even though you did the, you did that and fixed everything, you may still not have recovered because Google is just testing you because they can right now when it comes to yeah. link. Okay. I just want to, I just wanted to touch on that quickly. <clears throat> Because this is what a lot of SEOs or want to be SEOs do is they do try to play a cat and mouse game and they try to play a game against Google and try and find a shortcut and to do it in a cheaper and easier way and not and have it not detected by Google. But Google's just going to get smarter and smarter and smarter and end up detecting it. So people are really wasting their time and energy not just doing what Google's going to want for the long term and have some ideologies around what is going to be best for the users and best for Google long term anyway, uh, rather than play that cat and mouse game. And I'd also like to just expand a bit more on content because the, the as the, t the time of recording uh, this podcast episode and the update happening uh, or us recording and this being released, this podcast being released, there's a, there's been a bit of time between the, the, that latest update, which is very fresh for us. But most people don't know what is helpful content. What does it look like? What does helpful, it's easy to think, all right, it needs to be valuable content. Duh, of course. But are there some certain things within that content that make it helpful or make it more helpful? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Overall, it's a little bit of a difficult one as well. Uh, because to figure out what this helpful in the helpful content, uh, what this adjective helpful actually means in that helpful content, um, you have to actually look at a few things that Google is doing recently, what they are saying, but at the same time, and this is maybe a little opportunity for me to geek out a little bit, understand how the algorithm works just because it might be. Uh, the least of your worries later. Um, I'll start with the way the algorithm works. So Google algorithm works or looks at the world, how it understands everything in terms of entities and connections between those entities. And um, the thing is, this, these entities can be pretty much anything. Okay, so an entity could be Jared Cross. Okay, it could be Rat Palushak as one example, but entity could be also something much bigger, like a whole website, like WebMD. This is one big entity, humongous even, that contains a lot of other entities 
within itself um or mm -hmm. things might be very little like um uh, like like an entity that is included in the content so your page is one entity that talks about i don't know how to buy a business okay and mm. it includes references to some other entities okay and um oh, yeah. best visualize it i mean i'm a very visual person and for me the easiest way to visualize all of this is um to look at the tree okay Uh, if you look at the tree, the the upper branches of the tree, they create like a very complex system overall. And just this complex system is actually created in their in their roots. Okay, but um, essentially, it's it's just a visualization how everything connects with each other. But when when you talk about the tree, you would ha also have to have um, connections between the leaves. Um, Uh, of the tree to to actually represent the, the the exact way how Google looks at the things, and mm. since I'm talking about the, the the leaves and connections between them, um, entities are just one thing um, when it comes to Google's understanding because obviously Google tries to build an entity around everything else, but at the same time, other than entities, what's even I would say just as important just as, as important or even a little bit more important are those connections between the entities, okay? So, for example, I don't know, your name might be related to online marketing, okay? But, um, but someone who's a doctor will not be related to, uh, to digital marketing, obviously, okay? So, um, and, and by the way, as you can see, uh, just from that last sentence, the entities could be not just person or a thing or an object but also a, a, a branch a niche like digital marketing for instance okay so yeah. all of that oh, yeah. all of that gets like really complicated and in order to represent it easier within the algorithm google looks at everything at uh, as it was a vector Okay, because as, as a vector you can mathematically represent everything as a vector and then That vector being an entity contains other vectors, and those are sub-entities or entities related to, to that vector. Okay. Now, so <clears throat> when it comes to the content, and just bearing in mind all of all of those things about how Google algorithm looks at uh, everything in terms of entities and connections and stuff, um, there's a couple of things to maybe not exactly tell you what Google will treat as valuable but definitely will give you a very strong and actionable hint in that direction okay when we're talking a piece of content let's say we consider a content about how to buy a business okay you're a new website in the niche and you want to create that um that that piece of content and obviously you want this uh you want this to be uh, basically the best um piece of content about that in on in the entire internet so um, what you would do is the first thing you would go and look at your competitors right because this is like the most obvious thing um, and then you would probably jot down what those competitors are talking about you know the outline that is repeatable uh, among the competitors and you would include you know all the, these graphs if they have them and tables and um, and lists and, and whatnot all of the things that the competitors are doing as well Okay, and then you would think to yourself, because obviously, if you look at the competitors who are already promoted by Google, you can think that uh, yes, so this is basically Google 
exactly telling me what it's looking for on the website if it's promoting those websites. Okay. But then you would probably discover through that, you would probably discover, I don't know, maybe a little bit more than half of Google is looking for. Okay. Because it's like looking at something taken out of context. Okay. You have that little beautiful thing in the middle here, that's content that you, this outline that you have created, that you can now create and stuff, but you don't know what's, what's this, what this content is connected with. Okay, so you're seeing one entity, you're not seeing all the connections and all the supporting entities. And now the easiest thing to discover that would be to look at the competitor's websites, ideally through a tool, so you don't have to do it manually, and find external links that are pointing at this content, okay, because these are kind of like uh, votes of confidence from the internet. Links that are pointing to that piece of content. Correct. Yeah. Um, so these are external external uh, voices of confidence uh, that point at this content. But then you would also look at the internal links within the website of your competitor that is all of the the other pages within that website that are linking to that page about buying businesses. Okay, and this is important because uh, obviously Google doesn't look at the standalone piece of content, usually doesn't look at the standalone piece of content. Google looks at this piece of content in a neighborhood of other content. And this is um, what I said about external links. This is external neighborhood. So everyone pointing at that, uh, that gives you authority. Okay. And let's say the closest neighborhood, which are internal links, uh, would also be pages as we understand that are supporting that content semantically. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so th there is a term that we use, um, uh, that is called semantic clustering. Okay. And then what it means is basically you have one core piece of content and then a lot of other pages that are around this topic that link and point at that piece of content. But unfortunately for you, being this new site who wants to create an article about buying businesses, you also need to create those other pieces of content to support that one. Okay. And now just to go back very quickly to what I was saying about those entities and, um, and connections, I think through all of that, now you can see how these things connect with each other, those entities on one hand, yeah. Google isn't yeah. looking at one individual. It, it's looking at the, multi-dimensional vector space or entity space okay and you have to when you want to create something that is uh, of unique value and high quality you need to sort of recreate all of this thing all of these things and now and this is a little bit of a bummer maybe once you've done all of that that i've already, that i've just said you will be let's say just as good as your competitors <laughs> okay but it doesn't guarantee that you're going to rank better than them. Okay. So what to do to outrank them. And, um, the, the, the easiest thing to say is to find things that those competitors, competitors aren't talking about. Okay. Mm -hmm. So maybe try to go out of the internet, um, and develop something or, or elaborate on something that, no one is talking about, but it's clearly connected with buying business. More context in a di on a different v variant of the 
of the subject, I guess. Yes. Yes. For example. Yeah. So that's one thing. But now when we say content, I think like probably the vast majority of us think text. Okay. Mm. But really yeah. you can actually expand on the content and make it much, much, much better also by including some videos, including unique graphics or graphs. Um, if you did some research, you can add mm -hmm. voice to that content and all of these little things, they, they will also essentially add up uh, and complement your written content, uh, which is just text. Um, and just to give you an example, there's um, this new term uh, in the SEO world called EEAT. Okay. And I've been uh, doing some research around how to rank for what is EEAT um, uh, uh, in Google Top 10. And I noticed that like eight out of 10 com uh, sites that are currently ranking for that what is EAT, uh, they have like 2,000, 3,000 words of content, okay? But there's one outlier that really struck, struck me really weird because that one page is only like 800 uh, uh, words of content. And that page ranks number five. And I was like, obviously, <laughs> I had to dig into it and, and try to understand why, what, what's so special about this page? Has it got like a lot of supporting pages around it or what is it with it? Okay. Um, and as soon as I saw it, I knew because that page not only explains the topic, but it embeds like 20 videos of that, um, blogger, uh, mainly that also talk about that topic. Okay, it includes embedded presentations of the blogger about EAT, um, and you can look it up. the The, the page is uh, by Lily Ray. She's a pretty prominent figure in the SEO world. She's, the She's been on the podcast, yeah, um, yeah, and she talks a lot about EAT. And um, obviously, so her page is slightly different. It delivers quality and value in different way through videos and um, obviously presentations. Uh, so it doesn't need that much, that much content on the page, but this one, let's say side note to that also, since she's talking about EAT so much, Google also connects her entity, her persona with EAT essentially. So this gives her a big boost, um, in, in the search results. So, um, but yeah, so there's a little bit of digging mainly to looking at your competitors and making, uh, making your content better than that, theirs. Yeah. Awesome. So that's, that's helpful content is making it better and more valuable than our competitors and understanding how our competitors are doing it through different entities and entities being interlinked in different ways from niche to the person, the identity of that person to the domain, to external links and internal links. I love it. Thanks. That was a that was a long explanation, but it really it really gave us a good picture of on how we can create content that is more helpful than our competitors and understand why our competitors may be outranking us based on these different levels of entity entities that are interlinked in different different ways. So that's content. So we we did go we did go deep down the rabbit hole there and we talked about it in a technical aspect. But at the end of the day, it's just under that content umbrella and you could go very far deep down the rabbit hole on how to create better content, of course, but 
at the end of the day, it's just really good content. So that's one facet or one element of SEO. What are the other two out of the three that you mentioned? Yep. So the second one would be definitely links. And I am always split internally whether content is more important or is it links? Because <laughs> I think can that's we have a, a bit of an argument. Can we have a bit of an argument on both sides? Or can you can you share a bit on like maybe two two reasons why you're more content and then two reasons why you're more into into links? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, maybe so, maybe that's another episode in itself. Content versus links, which is more valuable? Yeah, maybe, just maybe we go down the rabbit hole there. Just very quickly, okay. So if you think about it, without content you can't rank usually okay there are some there are some exceptions but content is like the fundament on which the link building should be built on overall because if you don't have content you're basically wasting your links okay because even with, if they point at your at your page google cannot gain the relevancy signals because it doesn't have anything to to draw those relevancy signals from if there's no content Okay. Now, yeah. on the other hand, I've seen sites throughout the years and recently, and I think uh, I'm going to be seeing those sites or similar cases um, in, in the future too, where the content hasn't changed for a long, long period of time and the rankings haven't changed for a long, long period of time. But then as soon as you push it a little bit with a few links, boom, it starts ranking in top 10, for example, if it was just hanging on the second or third page. Okay, sometimes the content is just, it's just not enough of what you need. Okay, so mm. yeah, I mean, <laughs> the most uh, diplomatic thing to say is you, you just need both. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Now, um, I just wanted to say when it comes to links, so links, so links are this weird element um, where you they are relatively easy to gain, okay? Because you have a lot of link building companies, like for example Husky Hamster, low product placement yes. here. Um, yeah, I'll put a link. I'll put a link to them in the show notes, guys. We use them for for link building as well. So it is an affiliate link, but check it out. Thank you. They're really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so links are relatively easy to get, okay? But the problem with them is you usually have little control of what's happening with that link. So usually, especially if you're doing decent outreach, which is one of the methods that Google isn't that much against overall. So you're placing links on external websites. Okay, and then someone who owns that website can take it off or they can switch off the website or they can like delete the article and you're losing that link. So overall- website gets hit by an algorithm update and your link is non-valuable anymore. Yeah, or if the site overdoes um, sharing links uh, with other <laughs> sites, let's say, <laughs> um, it they might turn even turn toxic in some cases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 
So guys, you need to be very you need to be very careful of the links that you do get to make sure they are going to be good links for a long period of time. And I'm sure that when you do uh, link building, if you were to do it yourself, you would need to understand how to vet and do your due diligence on each site that you're going to gain a link from before you do outreach to. So you're only outreaching to the right sites. Of course, uh, link outreach is a big, it's a, it's a big time suck. I don't recommend people to do <laughs> link building themselves and usually recommend people to go away and check out a few different agencies. Um, hence why I don't do it myself either <laughs> and use you guys. Uh, so that's links. What's the third, what's the third? I mean, so content, you got full control links, easy, relatively easy to gain, but you got some somewhat control on the links you gain, but you got no control after you've gained that link. And then what's the third, the third element of SEO. So guys, there's three elements of SEO. We don't want to make it too confusing. We're diving into context within each one, but there's just three main things I guess you need to focus on, right? Mm -hmm. content links and what's that last one yeah and the last one is te is technical stuff or technical aspects of the site so with this one i grew up being a web developer and that is by far my favorite one although mm -hmm. it's relatively the most difficult one to grasp because it has so many weird nuances so many weird or different technologies that you sometimes have to know a gist of them to actually like properly audit everything okay now on the that's on the bad side on the good side is the technical stuff in most cases so there's two good things about it in most cases it's a one-off job okay because if you fix the technical issues once very rarely i would say based on my experience these things would come back okay i mean of course i'm assuming that you fix them in a proper way and didn't just you know put a little leaf yeah, over them and, and hit them or yeah. or or yeah. check them under the carpet right as long as you're not trying to play games against google still <laughs> yeah and um so yeah, by the way, I, I read uh, recently on LinkedIn that um, everyone is, is nowadays talking about shortcuts, uh, but essentially there's no shortcuts because 99.9% .9 of time you just, you just got to do things. <laughs> um, totally agree. So totally yeah, agree. that's, that's awesome. like carrying everything. Yeah, I mean, it obviously applies to all aspects of SEO, but um, especially with the technical where you want to just get it over with, just get it done and, and pretty much forget about it. Um, you, you don't want to use any, any, any weird shortcuts. Um, and the other good thing about uh, the technical stuff, although one that still means that SEO's job is to take care of them, okay, um, but... Overall, Google can forgive you a lot when it comes to technical stuff. Okay, Google algorithm has been getting better and better at understanding some mistakes that are reoccurring on the internet. And obviously, since Google has a lot of data, they can figure out a lot of common mistakes that webmasters or site owners make. And Google algorithm is actually able to 
maybe not fix them for you, but at least not take them into consideration against you. Okay. Now, this isn't like I said to say that, oh yeah, off I go, you know, I can, I can take a nap now, forget about all the technical stuff, uh, because it's still there. And as you know, me being an SEO, essentially, uh, my job is to make things as easy for Google as possible. Okay. So even go- even though Google is able to, for example, find some duplicate content or duplicate pages on your site and choose between them, which it prefers, you know, our job as site owners, as SEOs would be to actually make that choice for Google because, well, Google is just a machine. It's just an algorithm. It might get it wrong. It might mm. choose content that we don't necessarily want it to choose. Um, and, you know, over relying on Google's algorithm to do job, to do stuff for us usually means that we're trying to take a shortcut and it's better to, to just properly fix something and not worry about it ever again. Okay. Yeah. So that's so the technical stuff. A lot of the time, uh, we'll talk about what to do once somebody's bought a site and how to how to grow it once they've bought it. A lot of the time, what I like to t- tell people to do is to first and foremost have a look at the tech technical aspect and see what technical SEO issues they can get cleared up because that really creates a great platform for them to build on if there's technical things to to work on and to resolve right issues with Google Search Console. I guess we'll just give a bit give it like a brief of a few things that you can fix with technical SEO. I'll mention a few and I'll let let you mention a few that I miss out. So we're talking about broken links. We're talking about meta descriptions, title tags, H1s. Uh, We're talking about broken images, issues with Google search console. There's a, there's a long list, but what, what are some of the other key ones that you would add to that list of, of things to be looking at when you're going to do a bit of a tech audit? Well, um, Usually I would say page speed, but I want to make a little, again, a little footnote here with the page speed. So this is, this is actually based on mainly my experience, but it happens that Google has actually confirmed it very recently. uh, I think at PubCon um, in, in, at the end of February that if you're a small site, you know, small to medium business, page speed issues are very rarely affecting you in a negative way. Okay. They are there. Okay. Users may experience some slowdown on your site, but it's not to say that it's dragging you down. It's just to say that you know, you're, it's, you're at this level and you're not going farther. Okay. Fixing, um, fixing page speed issues can in the long term enable you as the site grows, obviously the page speed issues become more and more prominent and more and more and more and more important. So, um, it's not to say to, again, to completely forget about them, but just take a note of them. If you can, if you know how to measure their impact, and then if you decide, okay, so this is a quick fix, but something that um, might potentially help me, yeah, so then fix it because it, it gives you leverage. Although if it's something that is only there to, I don't know, 
satisfy a tool that you're using to audit your site so it's no longer coming up in red then it's it's and especially if it on top of that costs you a lot of money to fix uh, because some issues with the templates are, are pretty costly to fix um, then obviously it wouldn't necessarily be beneficial for you okay um, now so you mentioned Google Search Console there's I I, I think if there isn't uh, by now a book about Google Search Console and fixing issues in Google Search Console, this should be on. We we should maybe come up and uh, come together yeah. and create one. But there's a lot of things that you can actually notice in Google Search Console. There's crazy stuff like crawl stats, so you can find out how often Google is crawling your site, even how much how much data it downloads from your site. Uh, but this, for example, again, that would be important for a big site. Uh, one place in Google Search Console that I always look at are coverage issues or indexability issues, okay? And um, with this one, also, there are things that Google would be just pointing out to you, like, for example, redirects, okay? Because usually redirects are a normal occurrence on the internet. Um, although, well, it's all... It, it all needs to be inspected, right? And um, with with the indexability issues, while while we're at it, I would like to mention also some some canonical issues, some no index issues, right? Cleaning up the website from the stuff or blocking the stuff that you maybe or perhaps want users to see, but this is something that is like totally not important for uh, for the algorithm like login page for example or my account page which is which is quite often um, accessible even on on big shops or, or some shopify websites uh, for instance and you just you just don't want google to be seeing that because there's nothing uh, there's nothing to see but um, yeah this this a lot of this stuff would i would do so first of all when we approach a new website a new client that comes to work with us we we have two way approach okay or or two possible uh, routes that we take first one is we audit absolutely everything and that is very useful for clients where um, who only ordered an audit with us or uh, we're working with sites that uh, we we pre we presume this is going to be a one off uh, one off thing because um, if you're doing a big audit, obviously it takes a lot of time. It points out a lot of these things. We, for example, prioritize it, but I know a lot of agencies, a lot of consultants, when they perform an audit, they don't necessarily prioritize things. They just give you a, a, a full dump of issues and off you go. This is everything that is broken on the site. It's more confusing than anything. When people, when those SEOs do a link audit, it's like, here's everything that you need to do, and it just makes people overwhelmed without a starting point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, our approach at least uh, prioritize things. I usually put them in, in three buckets. Priority number one, which are like st stoppers and things that hold you, not only hold you back, but things that are literally breaking your SEO or, or not allowing to you to rank for to your full potential. Priority number two are things that should be fixed because they may potentially 
block or or put a uh, a glass ceiling on your rankings let's say and priority number three these are all the things that we know about but they might not necessarily be wise to have your time energy or resources invested into them at the moment because they're good to have fixes not necessarily something that will enormously help you okay um but the other approach is and this is uh, this is something i do for my own websites for some um, assets that we have um, uh, for affiliate or, or or ad revenue as well uh, this is a, an approach we also do with clients that are um, with us for a longer period of time, like a monthly rolling campaign. And that's where we only audit things that we see are the most important at the moment and we fix them. And then we re-audit stuff and we fix that stuff, what we find there. Um, and, and we basically have this uh, almost in the in the agile slash scrum approach where we have a monthly or six uh, weeks uh, long sprint where we where we audit things and and then fix them and audit and fix and that that works really well because incrementally you have you're you're implementing fixes that are already helping you so you're basically you you can you can see the results much faster um overall too yeah i can attest to this i, I really like that approach because i've i've had an audit done by you guys and we've got uh people that have come and worked with you and have told me great um feedback on the results they're getting f through that method of audit work on the priority thing and then re-audit work on the priority thing because that's what's getting the results faster rather than just doing one audit and then going through the checklist until it's done uh, whereas new things may pop up that are going to get you faster results because it's an ever-evolving landscape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? I I yeah. I like to avoid going into the rabbit rabbit hole of SEO and where where you know you're fo so focused on little things that you don't see or yeah. or don't have 80, time 20. to see something yeah. that is uh, that is hurting you even more, right? Mm. Um, and, um, and that's that's easy to do in tech SEO is to compared to say content and links. I think it's easy to get caught in the in the rabbit hole of tech SEO because yeah. there's always going to be a list of things that can be done, and it's hard to know when to go. All right, is this me working on this task any further actually going to make it better? It's kind of like concreting. If you just keep if you usually they have a typical saying around concreting when you're concreting if you just keep trying to make it better and better usually you make it worse <laughs> <laughs> because you get so deep in it and then you just you just keep trying to touch it and do different things and you end up with a frankenstein you know structure at the end <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I i really like this um this saying that the only way to do a thing is to do it <laughs> mm -hmm. so you know it's like you can be spending a lot of time on auditing something very deeply, very thoroughly, but is it really worth it? Uh, my, my, let's say, rule of thumb is if I spent um, initial one to two hours on the website, I already have a vision, have, a, have some enough 
of understanding into what this website has in terms of the SEO issues and blockers and important stuff that, you know, I can obviously add on top of that while I'm writing the actual document and, and filling up the, the, the gaps in the audit. Uh, but essentially, if I if there's something that I haven't seen in that initial period of time or let's say following a couple of hours when I'm when I'm actually conceptualizing and finishing off the the the, the main part of the audit if I miss that in in that period then that means it's probably not important because if it was important I would have seen it by now with that when somebody and we'll run through this at a high level without getting too far down the rabbit hole in each each step I teach people how to grow sites once they've bought them I've got that course that I mentioned earlier. Typically, I tell people to just own the site for a little bit, understand it, and in that period, you can do some. You can you can check on the site and learn to know more about the site inside and out. What's your take on once somebody's bought a site to start working on it and growing it? Where should somebody start? Where should somebody? What do you What do you feel is the eighty twenty in that aspect for people listening? I this is under SEO, of course, like SEO growth. Not talking about uh, other other areas <laughs> uh, yeah sure i mean i second what you said about getting to know the website because mm. that is like the biggest and the most important thing to know your own website okay mm. um so yeah i usually make an audit of you know what content in, is on this site what is at the back end i mean hopefully it's wordpress because that makes a lot of stuff much 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 easier than if it yeah. wasn't wordpress or shopify for for, for the I sake once of had it. a site that was on a different different platform like joomla and it was just too much and i had to change it to wordpress straight away yeah well, i waited a little little bit but it's yeah anyway it's, that's just it's amazing that's how it's amazing how much stuff you can get out of the box when when you're on wordpress because this probably if you think about something there's probably a plugin for it already <laughs> and i'm not saying right. that you know using plugin for every little thing is is great because obviously plugins are pretty heavy themselves and they may slow down the the site um but if 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 you're just working with your first site or you know one of the first sites and you don't really know what you're doing that well and you don't want to stay spend a, a ton of time researching stuff then just find a plugin and you'll be fine or find someone who's going to do it for you for example obviously um but yeah i i inspect what's on the back end what are the plugins that are already there what's the theme um, tr I try to get to know uh, know this a little bit better, um, and then the the other thing is obviously it's not much applicable for me as an as an agency or 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 for you for example who are working with those sites, but I would go and um, and subscribe to some tools, okay? And there's a few th few tools that I would definitely recommend from the get go. Ahrefs is my go to. As a cheaper alternative, if you don't want the Ahrefs, it's Ubersuggest. It has decent data, not very much comparable to Ahrefs, but enough to give you an, an idea of what keywords your site is currently ranking for, all of them, you know, so you can do exports, you can narrow down um, what's, what are the low-hanging fruits to attack them and somehow devise a plan of attack. The second tool that I would definitely subscribe to is um, Sitebulb. 
Um, I'm absolutely not affiliated affiliated with them, but they are awesome. The company is great. The tool is absolutely kick ass. Um, it, just to just to briefly say what it does, it's a crawler where you can basically feed it your website URL, and then it goes through every single page on the site, gathers all the images, analyzes the site basically for you. And one thing that Sidebulb is unique in this aspect, it gives you great hints based on the automated crawl um, out, out of the tool, out, out of the box. So even if you don't really know what you're doing, you're, you're, you're trying to perform your very first tech audit, you plug your site into, into, um, into Sidebulb, let it crawl it, and then look at the results. It gives you a full report. It tells you what's broken. Doesn't necessarily or always tell you how to fix it, but it has links to, um, I think, their knowledge base where they elaborate a little bit more about the issue. So at least that already gives you a lot of material to work with um, in terms of how to fix this stuff. And then, so great. So once, some, so once somebody bought a site, just to just to just because we've gone into each subject a bit deeper, an overview, I guess, is once they bought it leave it and learn it check the theme check the plugins do a crawl of the site using some seo tools and understand the performance of it i guess that all of that gets done before you even start making changes right what yeah. else what, what else where would you go from there yeah auditing part i would um, just relate to those three elements that we mentioned earlier obviously content mm -hmm. links and text stuff i mentioned um, tech stuff with Sidebulb, uh, content. Well, there isn't really much of a tool to analyze that um, uh, at scale, but I would um, I would definitely look at keywords versus pages, which would be Ahrefs in this case. Um, another tool great for analyst and analyzing the content and comparing it to competitors is Surfer SEO. That's yeah. awesome. Now, in terms yeah. of links. Um, this is again. We're going. We're talking about Ahrefs because it tell, it gives you a big list of links. Um, however, if you're going with a different tool or want to complement Ahrefs data with something else, you also have um, a great source of links, which is free. Which is free. Sorry, um, and it's included in Google Search Console. So Google itself is giving you a list of links. It gives you a basically a dump of links. So all of them doesn't give, give you much of any details about them as Ahrefs would, but at least you can see where those links are coming from. Um, you can review them and um, audit them in a spreadsheet or, or something, for example. So yeah, you buy a site, you get to know it, wait, uh, audit it, and then make make some sort of strategy before you, before again, before you do anything, create a strategy, right? Think about how to yeah. expand the site, how to fix whatever you're going to fix, how to how to create new content or what content. For sure. I have uh, in that course there a, a strategy on keyword research, how to create content, make sure your content is better than your competitors or the best. What I like to say is your any keyword that you try to rank for, it should be the best piece of content on the internet for that keyword. Uh, and then what's entailed in that in terms of like what we already mentioned through the helpful content of like more videos, more audio, better 
better context in lesser in in less content i like the idea of like 3000 word posts versus an 800 word post and the 800 word article is ranking just as well the reason i like that or think it's valuable is because that article can share the same level of value if not more with less words mm-hmm. and that's great for the user <laughs> Nobody wants to read a novel on how to change the text or the font on their WordPress site, right? Just give me a quick, simple answer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, so with that, you got to think of the user, okay? Because essentially user is the most important thing here. Obviously, we're optimizing for the search engines. We're doing everything to for the search engines to like us because... Well, this is where our traffic is coming from. But what is the traffic? It's actual folks, you know, clicking human through beings. to your site, human yeah. beings, the user. Okay, so when you when you make the site better for the user, I think Google will appreciate it too. And seeing the evolution of Google over the last few years, you know, content, uh, helpful content updates, uh, recent ones, yeah. and um, now what they're saying about potentially incorporating a chat bot in the search results. Maybe by, by the time this episode is released, it's, it's already live. I don't know. But um, hmm. yeah, essentially, you know, it's, it's the human being at the core of it. Okay. And Google's been doing everything it could. And I know it's nice and, and, uh, and sounds kind of like salesy from they, their point of view, from, from their uh, mouth where they say, oh, we, we want to try the internet a better place, okay? But if you think about it, with all the stuff that they're pushing, with the updates, with, you know, the importance of, you know, quick websites and useful websites, I think it actually boils down to that. And if you're thinking long-term... Think they've already done it. I think they've already done it, really. Without Google, like, if you need to learn something, you need to find something, you're going to go to Google. Like they have made the internet a better place already and they just want to maintain it, I guess. And so yeah. it, it, it all boils down to what you said at the beginning of this, of this um, episode. Uh, you got to think long term, right? Mm. And I actually have a, a little quote from, from the course uh, that you said. My that, course? Yeah, your course that I really loved. You said, um, make sure your content is the most amazing content on the internet for your niche topic and focus on that. So I think that sums it up. (laughs) Oh, awesome. I love it. All right. We'll leave it. We'll leave it with that. Thank you so much. Guys, there's, we mentioned different links like Surfer, Sitebulb, Ahrefs, Ubersuggest. All those links are going to be in the show notes, but also I'm going to put links to what you guys do, Rad, link building, which I've experienced and content as well, content packages, which I've experienced working with you guys too. Check out those two. These guys are awesome at what they do. Now, the reason I'm plugging these guys is because I never knew who Rad was. And I got him to come on to talk about link building many episodes ago. And when I did, I was looking for SEOs to help me in different areas, you know, content, links, and a whole bunch of different things, tech, SEO. And then I spoke to you, Rad, and I and I was like, wow, I didn't even know you existed. And then I considered you in the group of a bunch of different other SEOs that I was already auditing and speaking to myself. And then decided to start working with you guys over them because of the level of value you guys offered for the packages you had uh, and the price point and 
with that, also speaking to your partner and yourself at the same time, Rafal, the story of how you got into creating non-agency, your SEO company, being that a lot of people were coming to you for link building through Husky Hamster and you're like, yep, this is good. We can build you a link. I remember you telling, telling us this story. We could build you a link to this page, but you're not going to well, get wasn't the optimized. Yeah, we're not. it's not <laughs> going to get the results you want because there's other things you need to change on the site to have it optimized to get value from this link. And you gave them suggestions and then they didn't do it. And then you like stuff it. We're an SEO. We know what we're doing. Like, do you, if you want us to do it, we can do it for you, but this needs to be done first before we actually sell you a link package. And I just thought that was really cool. And that bought a lot of uh, trust from me. And uh, mm. yeah, I wanted to share that story with everybody publicly. Cause I've shared that with a few different people privately through coaching sessions and stuff. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for what you guys are doing. And I'll put links to what they're doing guys in the show notes. So check that out. And Rad, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you very much. Thanks for great words about us. <laughs> yeah, so welcome. Deserved. Much deserved. All right, guys, speak to you soon.